Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Pineapple Three Podcast. It's episode 101. We're officially in season two, as we're calling it. I guess we're doing 100 episodes a season, which is crazy. But yeah, episode 101. Um, it is coming out on a Friday. Again, the switch around because of the the way the scheduling worked out to bring out the hundredth one. I'm keeping. I'm committed to bringing you guys two new episodes a week, Mondays and Fridays. Normally, the morning coffee episode, as we call it, is coming out on a Monday, but switch around this week. So it's going to go back to back, essential this Friday, obviously, you get this episode. Monday, you'll have another morning coffee episode. And then the following Friday, that Friday next week, you'll have a, a normal up and atom fun sort of full episode, as we call it. Um, so yeah, I'm not drinking coffee this morning. I got a classic cup of tea, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having these... Um, I don't know whether to call them cravings per se, but I, I'm I, I'm having a bit of a, a British <laughs> craving, I guess. There's certain things that I'm just I'm just all about at the minute, and yeah, living out here in Canada, I can't always get all of them. But just quickly off the top of my head, I heard a thing the other day on I was listening to a UK podcast, and I heard about something that I genuinely completely forgot about J2O, like J2O you know the mango or orange and passion fruit or whatever just just j2o in general so essentially the podcast was talking saying they remember being like a kid or like a teenager and going to like a pub or a restaurant with your parents and then ordering a j2o and it would come in a glass bottle and you would drink it as if it's like some sort of beer for kids it was just a fruit juice but anyway yeah so bit of a bit (laughs) bit of a random one there but yeah cup of tea so grab a hot drink or a j2o if you if you can get your hands on it and Hope you enjoy this. So we're diving in today to the Amazon Prime series, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power uh, TV show. And I'm super excited to get into this. And I think it's the perfect time. I, I let it slip a couple of weeks. Like I didn't watch it as it was coming out. I tried, I, I was gonna, but then House of the Dragon was coming out. And obviously we were, we were deep diving that show. But I managed to binge all of this through in the last like week and oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited to talk about this episode um, all by myself. I don't even need anyone else. I'm just going to talk. So I'll try and keep it within the half an hour mark, but um, who knows? I'm going to keep it spoilers free um, initially, uh, but I am going to be going into like details about the show because I think it is like sort of the setup of the show. I want to get some of that out of the way because... It is Lord of the Rings. It can be a bit nerdy, so therefore it can sort of have a bit of a barrier up. Um, but I genuinely think that this TV show, even if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, you can dive into. Um, and it would be exciting. I think it would be thrilling for anyone who likes a bit of a fantasy world uh, to, to jump in. Anyway, enough of that waffle. Let's just get cracking. First and foremost, this is season one. There is definitely going to be a season two. There has to be. Um I'm not sure how well it did in terms of money, but uh, I believe it's got like 80, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I mean, that's not too bad of a rating. Again, money-wise, I'm not sure what the return is, but it is it is breaking records for money spent on this. So I have pulled up the top five most expensive TV shows of all time per episode. And I'm going to walk you through this because I think this is just a fun fact in general. So at number five, per episode, Game of Thrones initially started with five to six million dollars per episode. But into the final season, they had 15 million dollars on average per episode. 
So $15 million puts Game of Thrones at the fifth most expensive per episode TV show. Fourth most expensive per episode TV show is then House of Dragon at $20 million. So, you know, more Game of Thrones. Um, Number three, this one surprised me, but WandaVision, uh, the Marvel TV show, which, I mean, I guess, I feel like WandaVision was one of the first sort of big marvel tv shows since sort of they wrapped up everything um you know with uh, thanos and that sort of main storyline whatever you want to call it but yeah that's the third so 25 million per episode in second place is stranger things at 30 million per episode um i believe that was the latest season and every penny spent so well i would say that for sure one division i'm not i i would disagree with that um but every penny on Stranger Things is spent so well. That whole show looks incredible, and it just is incredible. And then, yeah, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is the most expensive per episode. Now, bearing in mind, we went up in fives there. We went 15 million, Game of Thrones, 20 million, House of Dragon, 25 million, One Division, 30 million, Stranger Things. The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, average per episode was $58 million. That is... That, it, it, it blows my mind. Um, like, you can't... You, you just can't fathom it. So yeah, it's like 400... That would average, for, I guess, over eight episodes. That's $464 million on eight episodes or something. It's nuts. But anyway... All that to say, I think, again, same as Stranger Things, it's money well spent. I mean, it's a ridiculous money, and I couldn't possibly even fathom that. So to say money well spent, essentially what I mean by that is this show looks incredible. Like, my biggest gripe with Lord of the Rings is that I love Lord of the Rings, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. I worship them. It's literally my... Other than Star Wars, it's my second next favorite franchise in the world. Um, and then they did the Hobbit m- movies. And they're not bad, and I've gone back to watch them. I just thought that the look of them was just very heavy in CGI. Rings of Power, and the reason I loved the original so much is because it was so much practical effects, like people in makeup, wearing masks. It's like Star Wars, you know? Essentially, the 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 more real you can make something by actually having it shot real, obviously it's going to look better. And yeah, the the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, there's some CGI stuff in there for sure, but in general, like, it all looks so good. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited to re-watch the show just for, like, visual gawking, <laughs> essentially. Um, anyway, that's enough of the sort of, like, you know, show-busy side of it. It was expensive per episode. It looks damn good um just a quick overall definitely a show worth watching acting directing everything amazing right now we are going to have a quick second uh, so i can have a sip of my cup of tea here and then i'm going to get into the details of the show and sort of the the lore and whatnot okay we're back sorry for those long breaks by the way there's just there's just no way for me to do anything other than quickly take a sip so Appreciate you uh, sticking around. Okay, so where I'm going to start with where does this fit into the timeline? Because essentially, it's completely opposite of how it was made. 
So if you think originally came the three Lord of the Rings movies, so we had Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. And then we had a few years later, we had the three Hobbit movies. We had The Hobbit, An Unexpected Germany, Desolation of Smaug, and Battle of the Five Armies. And now we have the Amazon Prime series, Rings of Power. It sort of flips. So essentially, the earliest, so the most prequel prequel, is this TV show. So this is set before The One Ring was even made. So that's when this TV show is made, is literally before The One Ring was made. Um, And then you go into The Hobbit stuff, which is how Bilbo comes across the ring, and you have those three movies. And then you fast forward, you then have how Bilbo then gives Frodo the ring, and then you have Frodo going all the way through to destroying The One Ring. So... It's you get what I mean by it's back to front. Uh, essentially, the first three that they made was the furthest away, and now you know. Anyway, you get it. So yeah, the TV show is the prequel of all things. So this is the complete sort of setup to um, building the One Ring and all the rings. I guess I mean the TV show is the, called the Rings of Power. So there was three given to the elves. There was uh, seven to the dwarf lords and nine to the. Uh, kings of men so this is what the show is sort of building towards and i'm gonna as i said gonna keep it spoiler free so no more info on it other than that okay next thing so they have this um in in the books so the books are obviously J.R.R. tolkien is the guy who uh wrote the books and and made the whole world and everything and he has a, a timeline which is like called like the second age the first age of middle earth the second age and the third age so essentially the third age is the lord of the rings series and i think the hobbit series is in the third age and then this tv show is in the second age as to what all the ages and whatnot really means i'm not going to get you bogged down into that all i'm going to say is it's you know it's before everything that's the easier way to explain it but if you hear second age third age that's essentially what it is just the time history of when it is um and then there is something that i'm going to come on to the very very end of this episode uh, sorry uh, yeah uh, podcast recording the last thing i'm going to talk about is canon um so what is canon what isn't canon because there is a little bit of online sort of kerfuffle about you know how does the tv show relate to the books how do the movies relate to the books and if the books are the way that J.R.R. tolkien wanted it to be um how come you know the tv show or the movies are a little different and is it canon is it not i'm going to come on to that at the end okay so in this tv show we have uh just doing some quick maths we have one two three four five different groups of people so we have the elves we have numenorians southlanders harfoots and dwarves now elves and dwarves pretty standard you would have already heard of them, you know, elf like Legolas and dwarf like Gimli. Not those characters, but the species. Um, we then have Numenorians, which I'll come back to. We have Southlanders. So Southlanders are just men and women um, that live in the south uh, of Middle-earth. Um, so Southlanders, there you go. And then Harfoots. Harfoots are hobbits, essentially, but before they were called hobbits, so um small folk i believe they were called in in the books um but yeah you know very small creatures with big hairy feet hobbits harfoots it's 
just the, the the second age version of them i guess and then yeah the one that i wanted to go back to is numenorians so these are again these are men and women as well but they come from an island just off of middle earth called numenor um which was never seen in the lord of the rings or the hobbit movies so this is the first time we're seeing numenor um but yeah, it's an island just off of Middle-earth. So that's all you need to know. And that's where things take place. So the TV show is around those five groups, uh, species, groups of people, whatever you want to call them. Um, and it cuts in and out of the locations of where they're living. So on Middle-earth and Numenor and how they interact. So that's the five species you need to know. And then location-wise, Middle-earth, the main body of land where everything takes place, and this new island called Numenor. Um, so that explains that bit. Next, we have... Sorry if you can hear Coda, by the way. She's having a puppy dream. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So there is this spiel here about the Second Age, but essentially, I'll just read it because it's sort of the setup to this. Um, so it says, The Second Age began after the downfall of Margoth, the original Dark Lord. The early part of the Second Age is a time of relative peace, allowing kingdoms of elves, dwarves, and men to grow and flourish as the wars of the First Age become a distant memory. So, the First Age, let's just go for it. So, as that said, so the, in the very First Age, you had this big bad guy called Morgoth, and you had all his followers, and he was evil, and you had everyone else. Elves, good men, um, dwarves, you know, literally everyone else. And there was a big fight, Morgoth was defeated, and then when Morgoth was defeated, one of his main followers, his sort of right-hand man, Sauron, who you would have heard that, he's the big bad of the, the Third Age and the Second Age, he sort of becomes the main dude. And that's the end of the First Age, is the downfall, death of Morgoth, Sauron becomes the main man, but then disappears. Okay, so that's where we're joining into, essentially. So, now onto a couple characters. Again, everything I'm just talking about, by the way, is the setup, which they go through within the first 10 minutes of the TV show. So, I feel like it's not spoilers, and I, I just want to go through it, because then it's easier to talk about things from there on and out. Anywho, so, literally picking up sort of a few hundred years after the end of the first age, we have Lady Galadriel, who you would know from the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit series. She's the blonde girl who... Uh, blonde elf, sorry, who um, uh, has the light of Ilendu or whatever it's called. And you would know her if you know her, the blonde elf in uh, Lord of the Rings, Galadriel. Anyway, so she is, I'm not going to say what happens, but she there's a reason something happens and she's on the hunt for Sauron because she doesn't believe him to be dead. Everyone else sort of thinks he might be dead, but she's adamant he's still alive and she wants to kill him. Otherwise, we're going to have another war down the line. So that's where we dive into things. So she's on the hunt for Sauron and you then see how the other species and what, what sort of they're up to. Okay, there we go. I believe that's the pretty pretty good setup. So Morgoth, big bad, he's dead. Sauron, right-hand man, might be alive, taking over. Obviously, he's in Lord of the Rings, so we know he's alive. He's in hiding. Lady Gladriel of the Elves is hunting for him. And we're in the Second Age, Middle-earth, and uh, Numenor as the island. Okay, so my overall thoughts of the TV show, now that you've got all the setup. 
I like the setup and I love episode one because they go through it and there's visuals to everything that I just said and it makes a whole lot more sense. Um, and it's great. It's it's one of these things where it's so similar to sort of how Lord of the Rings starts in the third age. So if you think we have like, you know, the the one ring is made, Isildur sort of like kill, quote unquote, kills Sauron, you know, takes the ring and that's the end of the war, right? And then the ring is lost. People sort of forget about it and the world continues. And then the ring is found and, you know, darkness sort of falls in. Well, the setup's the same, essentially. Like, the big bad guy is lost. We don't know where it is. The rest of the world sort of forgets about him. And just as the rest of the world is forgetting about him, some shadowy things are starting, some evil is starting to come back. Um, so the TV show really is like a, a step in because of how well they introduce sort of everything that happens off the get-go so i would recommend this show to absolutely anybody even if you've not seen the lord of the rings movies you're again because of the way the timeline works out you're actually like at the starting point essentially um you could watch this and then watch the hobbits and then watch lord of the rings and you would be in chronological order if you did that um so i love that they made it accepting it is very nerdy very fantasy if, if you don't like talking elves and magic and dark lords and spells and you know stuff like that then yeah you're not gonna like this show but if you like game of thrones oh you'll 110 percent you'll like this show this show is obviously a little bit nerdier in as much as like you know game of thrones is just men fighting men essentially but you know there's the white walkers and there's some mystical sort of magical stuff in there so you can get that with this um i don't want to again i'm going to keep it spoiler free so i won't even say who it is but there are two characters in this show that should not necessarily be friends but they are friends and it is one of the most beautiful uh relationships i think i've ever like like friendships not not romantic uh one of the most beautiful friendships i think i've ever fallen in with a tv show before so yeah, they they ha it has everything. It has like high moments. It has low moments. It has really like scary, like on edge of your seat sort of moments. It has action, looks incredible, sounds incredible, acted incredibly. I'm um, gonna go through the cast just now so we can get that over and done with. So we have um, the hardest name in the world to to say: Morph Morphid Morphid Clark. Um, M-O-M for mum, O-R-F-Y-D-D. So I don't know how you say that, Morph Morphid. But she plays Galadriel. Um, we then have uh, a few... I thought, no, I'm not going to go through the cast because that gives out uh, names of characters. So I won't go through it. But yeah, I've already said about Galadriel, so I'll just speak on her. She is the main character in this show and she does an incredible job. Incredible job. Um, and I'll save the rest of the actors for when we get into spoilers which is pretty much coming up now. So what do I think of this show? Overall, spoiler-free, incredible, definitely give it a watch. Um, and now we're going to dive into the spoiler part because uh, there's some of some incredible things that I would love to talk about. So from this point out, I don't have a sound button for it. So just be warned, this is your sport. I'm going to take a sip of tea, and then when I come back, we're in spoiler territory. Okay, that was a big gulp. <clears throat> anyway, all right, we're into spoilers. Everyone dies. There we go, spoilers, done. 
Um, no, so I'll continue on with the actors. So Robert R. Mario play, plays Elrond, and I mean, for, he's got a very strange face. <laughs> I'll say that just visually, he just I don't know what I think it's his forehead's like huge or so there's something about him. He looks sort of Popeye-esque, but also like he's you know he's a good-looking dude, super handsome. But there's something about him that makes me think like he also looks like an old man and a baby morphed into one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's incredible, and the relationship that I'm talking about is him as Elrond with um, Owen Arthur, who plays uh, Prince Durin. Um, the two of them, just their whole relationship is just so good. So it's the, it's the typical sort of dwarf and an elf, and it plays back and forward. But unlike Legolas and Gimli, where it's, I would say, 95% banter, 5% like friendship, sort of normal stuff, this is like, you know, it's like, I don't know, 25% banter, 25% like friendship stuff, and then a full 50% of just pure like bro, bro-ship love and talk about feelings and, you know, their th- their thoughts and feelings. And I don't know why just seeing two two guys on screen, even if they are an elf and a dwarf, just openly talk feelings and just go through stuff. I just, I don't know, they do it really well. And I, honestly, I was captivated by the show. Also, I think it's funny because we used to joke that, me and John where like John was like Gimli and I was like Legolas and these are like you know it's like a tall elf which would be me and then a a small ginger which would be John um I know that I come out like an asshole in that conversation because I get to be the tall handsome immortal and John gets to be a wee stowy dwarf but either way just the relationship of them John's a hothead I'm not a hothead I'm a bit of a sop John can be a bit of a sop if you get his layers down um you know it just I don't know it reflects nicely so I like I think I like it for that too um yeah rest of the actors honestly there's there's too many to name but everybody does incredible um and it's it's really really well cast and they literally didn't have an issue with anybody um okay something that we're just going to dive straight into now that we're in spoilers i want to talk about the twists so there are two characters in this that they do a sort of who are they twist so the first is we have the man who falls from the stars um, in a fireball, comes out crashing out of the sky and lands and the Harfoots come across him. Um, and it really is off the get-go. It's like quite stunning. Um, Eleanor, sorry, is the name of the Harfoot. Eleanor, Brandyfoot, and Poppy Proudfellow. Uh, they find him. And it comes out of way out of left field because I just have no idea what the heck is going on. I'm like, what is this? Although straight away, I have to be honest, my heart and my head went to, I wonder if this is Gandalf. Because big tall guy just around the, you know, the Hobbit-like people, it just sort of makes sense and we hadn't seen him yet. So I was like, okay, Gandalf would be my prediction. Fast forward to when these other sort of Sauron worshippers track him down and then they tell him that he's Sauron. I'm like, oh shit, that's like a really good twist. Did not see that coming, and also it's it was just cool to think that Sauron could have a good side, and for and you know he just gets led astray. So I was really excited by that twist, but then they they double twist it and they go back to no no it is you know it's Gandalf, and it's sort of the reveal that he is Gandalf, and they're like oh my god it's the other one it's not it's not Sauron, and it's sort of done that. But as I was already thinking he was Gandalf, it sort of to me it was like a double twist. 
anyway but loved that it was gandalf you know a couple good lines in there um i like also that they get a different actor to play him rather than doing some de-aging crap same with galadriel um i say de-aging crap but i've just i'm going off it i was not to bring star wars into this but i was thinking about sort of young luke skywalker and how they de-aged him and i was like i just rather a new actor in all honesty i think the de-aging stuff because like how long do we do that for you know anyway the gandalf twist was really fun and then the big big twist of um what's his face uh it just says sour on here i can't remember wasn't it It was mar marbrook or something like that um the the man (laughs) the 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 king king of the the kids or whatever that's all right i've got the name here harb harb i can't say it halbrand there we go halbrand um a man of the southlands who is uh you know uh with galadriel (laughs) sorry everyone uh anyway turns out he's sauron and that's a really good twist i like that a lot that was good um you know we, we get discovered that as he's sort of you know uh building the the elvish three rings of power um really good twist love where that went um very cool um on that i guess so that season one ends with the three elvish uh rings of power being made um which was interesting to see and really sort of a big emotional hit as well and really carries a lot more weight into the the three movies that um it's her dagger that she gives up in order for these to be made um and yeah i am a little bit confused around the rings at the minute because we have the three rings of power given to the elves but then in the movies later on there's only one ring that really matters so the climax of season one ending with these three rings of powers is totally fine i'm happy with that but now going into season two i feel like i need to see what these three rings of power do so far, the only thing we've been told that they're going to do is the purpose that they're being made is to keep the light of the Elvish people in Middle-earth because the sickness is coming over it and it's it's going to diminish. Uh, and that's where the Mithril comes into it. Really cool story and visual showing um, the lightning on the tree with the Balrog and, and how Mithril is formed. Love that. But yeah, they're going to need to show us some sort of I think purpose to to what these three rings do other than just keep the light maybe they do just keep the light and that's fine if that is it but make sure you sort of hammer that home so I can see their purpose and then as and when we get into the dwarvish rings and the men rings getting made I want to know what they do because again it's the only downfall of sort of the intro going into the Lord of the Rings series is like what what do these other rings of power do when it's just Sauron's so anyway yeah a little bit more into the rings for season two but happy with the ending for season one and then the biggest thing about this show that i did not expect and was so freaking happy like it happened was mordor like being made so the southlands were just like a land and then like boom they explode a volcano which i'm not sure how they did that because they poured a bunch of water into it and i would assume that they were going to put their volcano out but it caused like an eruption so i'm changing in temperature science my head wasn't quite there but yeah man that was so cool 
and the aftermath of them like in the i mean great end to the episode but then going into the next episode of them in the ash cloud and suddenly everything's on fire or collapsing or gross and just the chaos of it all and visually how good it looked oh so good so yeah seeing mordor get made never thought that was even a thing i just assumed it was always sort of was but uh yeah so so cool so that was probably my favorite part of the show was was that um and that i guess moves me into my final thought as we're coming up to the half an hour mark i said earlier that i wanted to bring it up i'm gonna go into some canon but i guess with all the spoilers yeah overall i give this show a 9.5 out of 10 easily i think it was really great there's no way in hell i'm gonna compare it to game of thrones it's a completely it's a different thing in a sort of similar genre but i'm glad that it um that it's done well because as i say i love the lord of the rings trilogy the original ones like with all my heart i love those love the books um i enjoyed the hobbit movies i just think that they could have been less cgi'd it was a little bit more kiddish um but this tv show looks great practical effects as well as a good healthy amount of cgi in there well well spent money even if it is ridiculous casted brilliantly with an incredible story so yeah i'm just i'm just blown away love it and i will be re-watching it very soon because i enjoyed it so much so i'm glad that they they're doing well with my second favorite franchise of all time okay now i want to get in just briefly into canon but it will just be very brief because spoilers the next Monday episode I'm going to talk about is just on the subject of canon and what is canon, what does it mean to be canon, and, and where do we draw the line here. But just keeping it relevant to the Rings of Power, yeah, the biggest kerfuffle I'm seeing online is is how does the TV show relate to the books, i.e. is the TV show canon to the books? Like the books are lore, right? This is how it is because the author wrote them and that's how it is, right? So for example, it is canon that Gandalf is Gandalf the Grey and then turns into Gandalf the White. If the movies made him Gandalf the Grey and he turned into Gandalf the Red, then that the red part of it wouldn't be canon, essentially, is what you would say, because it wasn't the way the books wrote it. It's different, so you're sort of branching off your own storyline. Anyway, that's just, just bear with me. So... A lot of people's issues are that apparently, you know, Gandalf doesn't arrive in the Second Age or should always already be around by this point. Or if, um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, about like Mordor being made. And, you know, if this happened at this time, then how does it then mean for so-and-so? Or how do they not remember so-and-so down the line? And all this sort of stuff. Um, and I have to be honest, I've read half the books. I've read The Hobbit, and I've read The Fellowship of the Ring, and I've read half the Two Towers. I didn't finish Two Towers, and I haven't read The Return of the King. Um, and the Similarian, or Similan, or whatever it is, which is like sort of the, the prequel to all of the Lord of the Rings stuff, which I'm assuming is what this TV show sort of loosely is based off of. That book as well, I have not read. Um, but I don't care. Like... I just have to say, like, the story that is being told in this TV show, regardless of the dates of when thing happened and who says what to who and or, or any of that, like, it's flowing really well. Like, it's it's great, and the story is gripping, and it, it's doing really well. So um, I'm fine with it. Um, 
and again, I'm saying that from a position of not having read the books, uh, the, the Similarian book to, to really know the story from beforehand. So I get why it would be upsetting. But just letting this roll as far as the story goes and using and being in the world of Lord of the Rings, like they are not ruining anything. Like it's, it seems really good to me. So happy with that. Anyway, the next episode is going to be all about canon and, and sort of the rules with canon and just some thoughts. It's going to be maybe a bit of a hippy-dippy episode, but bear with and hopefully you'll enjoy that. Any hoosers, thank you everybody so much for uh, giving us a listen. If you did watch Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, let me know if you have not, but are considering it. Hopefully, you know, I've, I've spoiled a bunch of things, so it's still worth a watch. Honestly, it's really, really good. If you've got Prime Video, you can watch it. Um yeah, and let me know. You can let me know uh, your thoughts at the at pineapple theory underscore podcast on Instagram. It'd be great to uh, hear what you guys are thinking. Also, very quickly, had the birthday messages and stuff uh, ready for John, but I'm going to keep that for an episode when he is on. So obviously, we can tell him. But thank you everybody for interacting with that and wishing John a happy birthday from John through me. Uh, he wanted to say that. So yeah, thanks everyone. Uh, he had a pretty average day but i'm sure he's gonna have a good weekend so and i hope you all have a good weekend as well um i have been your host uh reese and goodbye wow what a quick end eh? i'm just gonna end it there bye everyone (laughs) 